trying to get poked into the, uh, I call the future in some ways. Just talk a little bit about what really lies ahead for true organic farming. Folks, organic farming has been a part of it, our agriculture practice for many, many years, really even since before I was born. However, the process witnessed a disruption with the intervention of chemical fertilizers, uh, supposedly shortcut to maximize yields. And that's what we've been dealing with. The use of chemical fertilizers increased rapidly while the quality of food and the soil, of course, reduced significantly. Folks, the world of biology is a lot like physics. I had a physics teacher once that told me nothing comes for free. Rapid grow of plants has to cost them. They can't store the nutrients if they're grown twice as fast. An ideal example of this is they attempted, oh, 50 years ago or a little more, I think, maybe a little less, to grow redwood trees rapidly. And they did. They took the same seeds and they super shot them up with fertilizers and kept them up 18 hours a day instead of just the normal cycle. And sure enough, the trees grew twice as fast. So they had their so-called lumber in half the years it would have taken to grow a regular redwood tree. However, what did they discover when they started building with it? It wasn't worth anything. It had less than half the strength of a slow-grown real tree. Nothing comes for free in physics or biology, folks. If you're going to speed something up, if you're going to poison it, if you're, something's going to suffer. And to bring this up, and I talk about it almost every week now, with the world population projected to be you know, about 9.7 or maybe even 9.8 billion, almost 10 billion people by 2050, it's becoming increasingly clear that traditional farming practices are not sustainable in the long term. Can't do it. And this led to the, what I call, reevaluation of agricultural practices. The increasing awareness of chemically infused foods resulting in toxic health triggered the interest in organic farming with even greater report than it did in the past. With organic farming, natural inputs are used to yield results as a replacement for synthetic fertilizers. The natural inputs are comprised of compost, manure, and cover crops produced organically, everything. Organic farmers are offering us a more sustainable approach to food production that can help to address some of the environmental and social challenges facing our world today. But the question that often comes forth is, well, what is the future of organic farming? how and what trends and innovations are viable to support and promote sustainable agriculture? Good question. Let's decode, let's think about some of these answers uh, uh, to these questions and understand trends and innovations to boost sustainability in our agricultural practices. As we study, we've learned that technological advances have redefined the way agricultural sectors work. With the arrival of technology, which we call Internet of Things, IOT, which I don't even know what that means, agriculture is witnessing immense ease while functioning and are transforming the outcomes more profitable to the farmer. That's what counts. While in conventional agriculture, the required rate of intensive labor, time and effort remains very high, uh, the more sustainable approach is serving as an alternative to these traditional agricultural practices. 
It is allowing monitoring of the crops without much hustle or bustle. Uh, IT, we'll call it. Let's call it the uh, way we're going to watch crops is going to be kind of like AI, artificial intelligence, create devices and use them that they're enabled with sensors to collect data and provide precise information about crops in real time through either mobile applications or any other platform that can come up on your computer. While the sensors can perform numerous functions such as temperature monitoring of the soil, tracking of the plants and livestock, uh, AI for farming, I guess I'm going to call it, is also empowering irrigation systems with sensors to ensure automated delivery of water to the crops. It majorly includes even considered evapotranspiration sensors so they knew how much the plant was missing or using on a given day, on-site soil moisture sensors, and of course rain sensors. The inclusion of uh, artificial intelligence sensors in agricultural practices is vastly improving the response time for the areas that require instant attention. And one I haven't been involved in that is very interesting is called robotic harvesting. Leveraging robotic technology to develop solutions for harvesting and navigation in crop fields, and that's two crucial issues that can be addressed are the crisis of labor shortage and the need to boost organic farming, and also, folks, the cost of labor. I hate to not have farm workers, but these machines are far more efficient than humans are. It can prove useful in assisting farmers in harvesting, planting, seeding, spraying, and weeding. To automate the repetitive task in agriculture, agricultural robotics are becoming increasingly popular among farmers and, incidentally, far less expensive. The incorporation of robotics and agriculture is promoting sustainable solutions for farmers and letting them invest their time focusing on productivity over what I would call, for lack of a better word, just the menial task of farming. And another one that I haven't gotten involved in, but I've read and I know people involved in it, it's called disease detection via AI, artificial intelligence. It's undoubtedly ruling all sectors and, and agriculture is really no exception anymore. AI is playing a pivotal role in enhancing the norms and functioning of agriculture to convert it into sustainable agriculture, which we have to do, approaching 9 billion people. With the help of AI, the detection of diseases in crops with the use of the mobile application is becoming more and more possible for the everyday farmer. There are multivariate startups that are developing, such as AI-enabled applications for the farmers, which are able to inform and update the farmers about existing diseases and newly occurring pests in the crops in their areas and near them in the nearby areas. This assists farmers in securing their crops before any grave damage without relying on synthetic pesticides or, of course, insecticides. I'm going to call this precision agriculture. It's probably a better word. Precision agriculture is an innovative approach to farming that focuses on optimizing crop yield and minimizing waste by using technology and, of course, data-driven techniques. We call it science, folks, for those of you that don't believe in it. Organic farming, which prioritizes the use of natural methods to grow crops without synthetic inputs, is an ever-growing area of interest to a lot of farmers. Precision agriculture can play a crucial role in organic farming by helping to monitor and manage soil health, detect pests and diseases early on, and tailor nutrient applications to the specific needs of each individual crop they're growing. 
By combining these principles of precision agriculture with the values of organic farming, farmers can increase their efficiency and sustainability while still maintaining total integrity of their crops and by a far, far more efficient method. And finally, another word I can't say I made up, I stole it, but I believe in it. It's called regenerative farming. Regenerative farming methods aim to improve soil health and increase biodiversity while also producing high-yield, high-quality crops. This method is aligned with both organic farming and, and at least sustainable agriculture, which is not quite the same, but it's, they're melding together all the time, as it relies on natural processes and emphasizes the importance of maintaining a healthy ecosystem on your ranch or farm. Regenerating farming focuses on building soil health through practices such as cover crops, crop rotation, and number one for me is reduced tillage. This helps to increase the soil's ability to retain water and nutrients, which in turn leads to, obviously, more resilient crops. Additionally, regenerative farming encourages the use of natural fertilizers and pest management techniques, which of course reduce the environmental impact of farming overall. By adopting regenerative farming practices, farmers can improve their soil health and productivity while also contributing to a more sustainable and resilient food system for all of us. To, kind of, to conclude this, folks, organic farming is poised to play a more and more critical role in the future of sustainable agriculture. With the help of technology and innovative farming practices, organic farming can help to improve soil health, increase biodiversity, reduce greenhouse gases emissions, and provide healthy and nutritious food for an ever-growing world population. Folks, now that I've settled back in Texas, for those who, again, have been listening to me for over 20 years, I move around a bit, and me too. I've learned a lot. But I more than ever realize we have got to begin to learn how to grow sustainable, or in my case organic, but at least sustainable crops that not only give you healthier food, that keep the land and maintain the land for the last hundreds of years. We just used the land up and moved on. They're still doing that. It's called slash and burn in South America. They'll slash 100 acres of trees down, put their cows on it. They don't put any grass or anything. When those cows eat that area down, they just burn another 100 or 200 acres of trees and put the cows on it. Those days are over, folks. We're over 8 billion people now, approaching 9 and 10 billion. And we cannot keep abusing the earth. We can't keep sucking fossil fuels out of it as they get more and more difficult to get and in the case of the way we're getting them, and fracking, which is, the more I learn about fracking, the more I realize it's probably far more unhealthy for our earth than even regular petroleum drilling was. We, we've got to get over it. We don't have a choice. Is it going to be now? No. Again, I'll go back to my old friends I know, some of which agree with me, many of which don't. Oh, no, I can't get an electric car because I can't go anywhere. How many call? I, only, I don't go 300 miles a day very often. You know, and when I do, I'll take an extra chance at it. But uh, I'm looking at a car to get in September that is going to cost me after rebates. Now the government's helping; I don't mind saying that. I'm going to buy the car for under twenty thousand dollars with a ten-year bumper-to-bumper warranty, including 
100,000 mile guarantee on the batteries. Everybody said, well, I'm, what am I going to do about the batteries? I don't drive many cars more than 100,000. By the time you do, they're going to be so much more improved than they are now. You're probably going to want to trade it anyway. I'm old enough. I'll probably never trade another car. But I'm trying to encourage people to get into it. Is it going to be as convenient? Maybe not for the first year or two. We are putting aside not millions, but billions for another 500,000 charging stations. Uh, In case you don't know it, Elon Musk is now going to convert his stations. He's got thousands of them to can do other cars than his they'll be able to do a chevy bolt or a riven or whatever so wherever you find him right now i ran into a guy a few well more than a few months ago last fall going from florida to california more or less just to see if he could do it and i met him in uh, sonora texas which incidentally has a charger sitting there at a gas station and he said it might have cost him another 10 or 12 hours on the whole trip from South Florida to California, but his expense was down by far more than half. He said he might have spent a little bit more on coffee, and then, but it's pennies on a dollar. And the other thing he brought up is right now, well, how are we going to charge them all? We don't have a charging problem, folks. We're not going to overbear the system, especially if they're giving these rebates. Where I live, for instance, you get uh, our, our, ga- our electricity here if you charge your car overnight at $0.04 cents a kilowatt. It's usually $0.12 cents here. But if you wait till 11 o'clock till 6 in the morning, for, you're going to pay a, a couple of bucks to fill your car up every time you go 300 miles. You can't beat it. Hey, thanks for staying tuned to Organic Matters.